0: Once again, I want to welcome you to First Church of New Knoxville for our service of worship this morning. We're so glad you've decided to join us here on Palm Sunday. And whether you're here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio, or watching online, we're grateful that you've chosen to worship with us today. Um, Just a a moment, uh, I'm going to invite forward uh, one of our confirmation students, because not only is it Palm Sunday, but it's Confirmation Sunday as well. And they're going to be helping us with the scripture readings today. And you will also have a chance to hear from them uh with from their faith statements and we'll have an opportunity as a church to pray for them as they confirm their faith in the lord and so at this time i want to invite forward john gable he's going to be helping us with our call to worship this morning
1: psalm 118 22 through 29 the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone the lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes the lord has done it in this very day, let us rejoice today and be glad the Lord saved us. Lord, Lord save give us, us. success. Bless us success. Blessed is who come in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you.
2: The Lord is God. And he has made shine on us.
1: With bows in hand, join in the festal pre- procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise, praise you. You, you are, are my God, God. I will praise
2: you. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, his love.
3: Children, come forward. Psalm 8, verses 1 through 2 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foes of the avenger. And Mark 11, 9 through 10 says, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now, as the kids are getting in place, they're going to be leading us in the song, My Jesus. The words are for you in the bulletin. I would like everybody to stand up. Kids, if you are not parading, come sing forward. Come on, all the kids, come forward. Any of the kids that want to sing My Jesus, come on forward. Are we ready to worship him? Yeah.
2: All right, here we go. Are you past the point?
3: children, you can have a seat for children's chat.
4: You guys did such a good job. Do you guys like that song? Yeah, Yeah, me too. I think it's really good. Okay, I'm going to kneel down because I have a lot of stuff in my hands. Can everyone see me? Okay, so what's today? Palm Sunday. And what is Palm Sunday the start of? Easter week, right? Or what we call Holy Week. So, what's going to happen this week? What, what, what happens next Sunday? It's Easter, and Jesus is going to rise from the dead, right? But today is Palm Sunday, so why did you get these this morning? You don't know? Because your teacher gave them to you. Yes, exactly. So... Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, okay? And so he came in, and when, the, um, when he rode into Jerusalem, when a king or someone really important came into town, people would get palm branches, and they would wave them for the king, and they would celebrate whoever it was that was coming into town. And so Jesus rode in to Jerusalem, right? And everybody saw him, and they were like, oh, my goodness. Jesus, the king is coming, we got to celebrate it. So they got palm branches and they started waving them and it was a really big, big thing, right? And they kept shouting, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So these people were cheering Jesus and saying that he was their king, right? But what would happen in a few days, you know? Would they keep saying, Jesus is the king, Jesus is the king? No, Instead, they would yell, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, right? Because Jesus, when he rode in Jerusalem, he knew that he was going to go to the cross. And he was going to go and die on the cross and then rise again, right? And so this week is a really important week for us because we celebrate all of the things. We start celebrating today and then we follow Jesus' journey to the cross. Um, and so over the next week, I have something for you to help you do that, and it's this little Easter wreath craft. Can everyone see that? So each day, there's going to be um, pieces that you put on there. So today, we, you put Jesus and the donkey, because he rode in on a donkey, right? And it's Journey into Jerusalem in the palm branches for Palm Sunday. Um, and throughout the week, you and your family are going to get this little devotion packet, and each day, you'll put on a different piece Of the wreath, and you will cover everything that Jesus went through over the next week. So, you're going to go through and when he had the Last Supper, and when he prays in the garden, when he dies on the cross, when he rises again, and then we included this too when he ascends into heaven, but that's a little bit later on the road. Um, But this week, what we want you to do is really reflect on all that Jesus did because a lot happened in that week, right? He came in as the king and then he got crucified. And then he rose again, and he he did all of that for us. So it's something that we should really think about um, and be excited for for next Sunday, but there's a lot leading up to that, isn't there? So you guys are each going to get one of these. They're in the boxes over here, and your Sunday school teachers are going to help me hand those out to you. Um, And so I encourage you guys to do this with your families um, over the next week and think about all that Jesus went through over the next seven days. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for sending your son, Lord. I thank you for his sacrifice on the cross, Lord, and what this week means for us as believers. God, I pray that even though this week is busy and it's filled with lots of fun things for Easter, Lord, that you would help us to reflect on what you did for us, Lord, that you died on the cross to save us from our sins so that we could have a relationship with you, Lord. And that is better than anything Ever Lord, and we just thank you for that sacrifice. We love you and we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Amen. All right, guys, don't forget to grab bags.
0: All right, Thank you, Pastor Tory. Thank you kids. You guys did a wonderful job with the Palm Parade and leading us in worship this morning. Uh, what a great what an awesome way to celebrate Palm Sunday by having these children leading us in worship in that way. So I know there's a, a bit of transition happening now, but as the kids are getting their bags, I also want to invite our confirmation students forward because on Palm Sunday, it's also Confirmation Sunday. So I want to invite for John Gable, Kyle Milhouse, and Audrey Reinecke to join me up here. All right. All right. So as the... As we're still finishing out uh, handing those bags out, I just want to take a moment and remind all of us why we do what we do with confirmation here at First Church. The goal of confirmation is that by the end of their time here in, through this process, through this two-year class that they take, is that they will be able to confess their faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord and to be able to, be able to articulate what they believe and why they believe it. And so today, you're going to get a chance to hear from our students. Um, each one, in turn, is going to have a chance to share their faith statement, which is something that they, writ, they wrote on their own, and it is them put to putting what they believe and why they believe it into their own words and what they learned throughout this confirmation process. I'm very proud of these students. I've had the privilege to teach them both, uh, both years that they've grown, in their faith, they've grown in their faith and learned so much, and you'll get a glimpse of that today. But before we move on to that, I do want to say a couple thank yous. Um, Pastor Tori and myself want to thank Glenn, Dave, and Dad. they're the comp- alongside these students, as well as, your, as well your faith, your input, and your experience walking with Jesus were an invaluable resource to these students as they learned what it means to follow Jesus. And most importantly, maybe, I want to thank the parents and families. You've played a critical role in all of this. Thank you for entrusting your children to us and for journeying along with them throughout this process. So, to get us started here on Confirmation Sunday, I have a few questions that I'm going to be asking the three of you together. These these questions summarize the important tenets of the faith that you have been learning about and studying these past couple years. And so, Kyle and John and Audrey, do you desire to be confirmed into the faith and family of Jesus Christ? Do you renounce the powers of evil and desire the freedom of new life in Christ? Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you promise by the grace of God to be Christ's faithful disciple, to follow in the way of our Savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ as best as you are able? And do you promise according to the grace given to you to grow in the Christian faith and to be a faithful member of the church of Jesus Christ, celebrating Christ's presence and furthering Christ's mission in the world? Praise God. Church family, I invite you to join with us as we recite the Apostles' Creed together. This is a summary, an ancient statement of faith of what we believe to be true about our God. I invite you to read this with us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, church, I want to take this opportunity now to invite you to encourage and support these three as they are confirming their faith in the Lord today. As we talk about at different important points of of our lives, whether it's baptism or dedication, and now here at Confirmation, we recognize that the church has an important role to play in all of the disciple-making process. And so even as they are confirming their faith in the Lord today, we recognize that this is not the end of a journey, but it is one step along the way. So, church family, I want to encourage you to continue to support them, continue to encourage them, and continue to disciple them as they grow in their faith and build on the foundation that they have laid during their time in confirmation. And so, church family, do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers and sisters by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family in fellowship, prayer, and service? Praise God. And to the three of you, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church, to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation, and to seek those things that make for unity, purity, and peace? Praise God. Well, this time uh, we get a chance to hear from each one of you individually. Um, so John, I think you are up first. The two of you can have a seat if you want. And uh, John, you can share your faith name. We're very excited to hear what you have to say.
1: I believe that God the Father has been there through all my hard times. He's there when I needed picked up from being down, and he's there through my best times. I believe he never leaves our side and never will. God the Son, Jesus, came to earth, and he emptied himself for our salvation. Jesus lived a completely sinless life and died on the cross so that we are saved from sin. He, at any time when getting crucified, could have just asked God to stop them from crucifying him, but he knew he needed to save us. That's what he did. When we accept the Holy Spirit, he will guide us down the right path physically and mentally and keep us away from danger. He will try to lead us to the right and keep us away from the wrong. The Holy Spirit will always give us hope and faith no matter what happens. Why do I trust that God is my Lord and Savior? Because he shed his blood for me, and he continues to perform some crazy miracles such as helping the blind and helping the sick to heal. If our God can do all that, he can wash away our sins when we ask for forgiveness. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are the Trinity, three equally defined persons. Faith impacts my life tremendously, including having someone to trust at all times, friend to talk to, and always having someone to rely on. Just like the song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. I plan to stay actively involved in the church and get more involved by reading scripture during church, encouraging others, reading God's word, and just simply being kind. I chose Thessalonians 5.11 as my life verse. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. I will also keep doing the things that I am doing now, like youth group and Bible study. I plan on still trying to go to every to the church service every Sunday that I can. Lastly, I want to thank my parents for getting me involved with Sunday school and church and bringing prayer into my everyday life. I also want to thank my youth leaders for keeping me involved and getting me in a better relationship with the big guy upstairs.
4: Anyway, got a couple questions for you. All right, do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? I do. Do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's Holy Church? I do. All right. Come join us on the kneeler.
0: John, as John comes down here, uh, I want to invite our current elders as well as John's parents to come forward, so we can pray for him. John, having heard your faithful confession in the Lord, as in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we confirm you by praying over you now. Let us pray together. John, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with John in the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith Keep him, help, him li- help him to live not for himself, but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady and abounding in love, never giving up, and pressing toward the goal of life which you have with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, John.
4: Audrey Rani, key forward to read her faith statement.
5: The life verse I picked was from Psalm 46.5, which says, God is within her, she will not fail, God will help her at the break of day. I chose this in my life verse because it shows that God is always with me. This is also a verse my mom has said to me since I was little and has always stuck with me. I believe God the Father is the creator of all things, sustainer who maintains everything, judge of all people, and redeemer who saves his people. I believe God the Father uses everything for our good. I believe this because every bad thing that happens, something good always comes out of it. God always has a plan. From the morning we wake up to the night we go to bed, he is in control. God knows what will happen today, tomorrow, and every day in the future. I believe this about God the Father because I believe everything happens for a reason. God the Son died for our sins, and I believe he did this so we can have everlasting life with him. He is sacrificed for the sins of us humans. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Every day, the Lord forgives us. One mistake after another, he will always care for us, love us, and always forgive us. I believe God the Holy Spirit is my comforter. He is with me in good times and in bad. In Deuteronomy 31.8, God's word says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be disappointed. in Knoxville or transferring to St. Mary's, I made a tough decision of transferring. Through this, I knew the Lord gave me the strength to lead my friends and start a new journey. I knew he was always with me when I was missing my friends. The first week was rough. I only had a few friends, and I really missed New Knoxville. After about two weeks, I started basketball and made a ton of new friends. In that moment, I felt like God gave me a push, almost as saying, you got this, and I'm with you every step of the way. I learned to adapt to St. Mary's, and I'm so glad the Lord gave me the strength to transfer. My faith impacts my life by providing security and comfort in good times and in bad. Last year, my family and I lost a loved one. He impacted my life in so many different ways, and he was always faithful to everything he did. When he passed away, I had no more hope in the Lord, and grief drove me away from him. I was mad at Jesus for a really long time. I wondered, why Ryan? I was mad, sad, confused, and I felt no comfort from the Lord. I tried to think of all the good things, which made everything worse. But I got a new devotional, and I began to read. The page I opened up to was exactly what I was going through, grief, sadness, and anger. In that moment, I slowly started coming back to the Lord. Through some rough patches, I kept telling myself that everything happens for a reason. God always has a plan, and I believe we should all trust it and trust him. As a confirmation, I plan to grow in my faith by coming to church every Sunday, spreading God's word, and always praying in good times and in bad. I plan on being actively involved in the church by going to church every Sunday that I can. I will continue going to youth group, and I thank Pastor Tory for making that happen for us. I will help out with Vacation Bible School every summer. I want to thank Pastor Tory and Pastor Joel for teaching us at every confirmation class and making this church feel like home.
4: Good job. All right. Do you here, in the presence of God and of this congregation, renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? I do. And do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's Holy Church? I do. All right. One down.
0: And again, as Audrey comes down, I want to invite her elders and her parents to come forward so that we can pray for her. Audrey, having heard your faithful confession in Jesus as Savior and Lord, uh, it is our joy to confirm you and pray for you now. Audrey, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, preserve you to the end, And finally, bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Audrey in the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that she has been moved to affirm her faith, help her to live not for herself but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep her steady and abounding in hope, never giving up, pressing toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Congratulations.
4: All right. At this time, I'll invite Kyle forward.
6: I believe God is all powerful and he made heaven and earth and everything else on it in six days and rested on the seventh. I believe that God flooded the earth to clean it of all sins. I believe God only makes good things. I also believe God sent down his son to spread his word and to save us from our sins by dying on the cross and rising on the third day. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I also believe that Jesus is fully God. I believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. I also believe Jesus was killed on the cross to save us from our our sins and rose on the third day to prove his power. I believe that I believe that the Holy Spirit is God. I also believe that the Holy Spirit is the source of all personal testimony and revelation. I believe the Holy Spirit guides us in our decisions and protects us from any harm. I also believe that the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. I believe that the Holy Spirit tells us right from wrong. I believe all of this because I've been taught all of this in my time in church. From God creating everything and everything else yet to come faith impacts my life by helping me when i'm not feeling well and knowing i can turn to my faith helps me think of those who can help me i can continue to grow in my faith by attending church every sunday and spreading my knowledge of christ to others i plan on living out my faith by being active in the life of my church by attending the service and attending anything held by the church Another way I can be active is by helping my brothers with their confirmation and with any questions they may have.
4: Good job, Kyle. Okay, do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New, New Testaments? I do. And do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to live a Christian life and to always remain a faithful member of Christ's Holy Church? I do. All right. Come on down.
0: And invite Kyle's parents and the elders forward so that we can pray for him. Kyle, having heard your faithful profession in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it is our joy to confirm you by praying for you now. Kyle, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Kyle and the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith, help him to live not for himself but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady and abounding in hope, never giving up and pressing toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Congratulations, Kyle. All right, if you want to join join me back up here, and if you guys want to stand again. We have one more question for you guys to answer. And this is another one that you guys can answer together. As I mentioned before, you know, you guys are coming to the end of your journey through confirmation. And it's been a couple years and, you know, may have seemed like longer than a couple years it may have gone by quickly. Um, but it's been a blessing to walk with you through this time. But we've also reiterated over and over and over again during this confirmation process that this is not the end of your walk with Christ. What we pray for and what we hope for is that this time in confirmation has helped you to build a solid foundation in your faith so that whatever, whatever happens in the years to come through high school and whatever God has in store for you after that, that you have a solid foundation to continue to grow, to continue to build on. And that is our prayer for you now. And so, as I just said, confirmation is not the end of your journey to know, love, and serve, serve the Lord. It's just one of many steps along the way. Now that you've confirmed your faith in the Lord, do you commit to continue to pursue a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you commit to Bible study and prayer, and do you commit to encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ to do the same? Praise God. Church family, I invite you to join me in prayer once again, not only for these students, but also for whatever needs that we have in our church family and in our community. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much uh, for this time here this morning. Thank you for these three students and, and the faith that they confirmed this morning. Thank you for their, their faith statements. Thank you for the ways, Lord, that you, have, um, that you have encouraged them in their walk with you and helped them to get to this point that they're at here today. I ask, Lord, that you continue to draw them to yourself in the years to come. May they continue to grow to know, love, and serve you in all that they do. And may you, Lord, guide them in in whatever path for them, Lord, we know that you will guide them in it, and that um, we pray that they lean not on their own understanding, but trust you in all things. And so, Lord, we also pray for the needs in our church family and our community as well. Lord, we know that there are people that are hurting and are in need, and so we lift them up to you. Lord, you know each and every circumstance. You know what is needed. And so, Lord, even in ways that we fall short, even in ways that we may be misunderstand Lord you know you know us better than we know ourselves and you know exactly what is needed and so we ask for your grace to work in the lives of those who are in need and may you Lord encourage and equip us your people to be the answer to prayer where it's possible help us to be your hands and feet to care for those who are in need to be a comfort to those who are grieving and hurting and to supply, Lord, for those who are lacking, we ask that you work in and through us to bring about your will in this world. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation." But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. You guys can be seated. Great job today. Today's offering is going to support the general operating fund here at the church. Um, also, I just want to reiterate one announcement I made earlier before we went, you know, live on the radio. And I just want to extend our sympathy to Reverend, the family of Reverend David Hunt who served here as pastor, um, and just want to just pray for his family. Um, he went to be with the Lord last weekend, and so um, if anybody would like uh, information on how to contact this family, send a condolence. Uh, feel free to reach out to us here at the church. We'd be glad to share that information with you, but please keep Reverend Hunt's family in your prayers in the coming days. I also want to just preface this. The praise team is going gonna, is gonna to sing a song for us. Um, you see in your bulletin, it's called Pour My Love on You. This is a song in response to the sermon we had a couple of weeks ago. If you recall, the story of this woman anointing Jesus' feet with this expensive perfume. And this song speaks to that story. And so as the deacons come forward to collect the offering, I encourage you to just really think about the words that are being sung. And if you know it, feel free to join in and join the praise team in singing the song.
5: reading today comes from Luke three twenty-one to 22 When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he, as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased.
0: Thank you, Audrey. You guys can be seated. I invite you to pray with me once again. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to worship you this morning. What a, what a joyful morning it has been, uh, hearing your praises sung by children, hearing uh, the, the testimony of faith from our confirmation students, and, and now getting the chance to open your word and talk about what it means to truly honor you with our lives. I pray, Lord, that, that you would open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this morning. I pray your Holy Spirit would soften the hearts of those gathered here in the sanctuary, as well as those listening online and on the radio. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you give me words to speak, words that are honoring and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. When we think of Palm Sunday, we think of honoring the sun, right? We think of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem at the start of uh, Passover week. And as Pastor Tory talked about with uh, Children's Chat today, you, you already kind of got a, a glimpse of what that was like and what it represented. You know, Jesus arriving into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, um, which, which in and of itself symbolized a, a king coming in times of peace, right? The rightful king coming into his and laid their cloaks on the ground. They were, they were welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem as Jerusalem's as God's, as the the king, the rightful king of God's people. They were honoring Jesus through those acts of praise, saying things like, Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us. Saying things like, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And acknowledging him as the true son of David, as the rightful king of Israel. But today I want to, I want to, that's a very familiar story. I want to rewind a bit in, in Jesus' ministry, and I want us to look at a story that is from the beginning of Jesus's ministry, which is his baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist. And in both what we celebrate on Palm Sunday and what we see at jesus baptism is, is the Son of God being honored for who He is. And what I want to encourage you with today as we look at these two, uh, these two stories from the beginning and the end of jesus 's ministry. Is, is to know that the best way for us to honor Jesus, the best way for us to honor the Son, is to model your life after His. And so usually on Palm Sunday, when we are thinking of our confirmation students, you know, we think of what I want. I typically think of words that I want to speak to them, to encourage them. And that's certainly true of today. But don't think that this message isn't for all of us to hear too. We all have the, the goal Of honoring the Son. We all have the responsibility to try to model our lives after him. And and we'll see how we can live that out to the best of our ability. And so the first thing that we see, uh, the first thing I want to encourage you in, the way that you can honor Jesus is by letting Jesus define your identity. Jesus's own identity was firmly grounded in his relationship with the Father. He right, says when all the people were being baptized John by John, Jesus went down to be baptized as well. John's ministry was a baptism of repentance and forgiveness, and many people responded to that message. And John himself knew and testified that his ministry was simply to prepare the way for Jesus and his greater ministry. And so with that knowledge, Jesus went to be baptized by John, not because he needed to repent, not because he needed forgiveness, But as Matthew's gospel says, he did it to fulfill all righteousness, to inaugurate his ministry and what he was about to do. And so we get this scene in just these two short verses in Luke chapter 3 of the Trinity at work, all present in honoring Jesus and who he is. See, Jesus, the son, steps into the water to be baptized. But as he was praying, you also see the Holy Spirit descending upon him, in the form of a dove, you see that you hear the Father's voice from heaven pronouncing his blessing and his approval of Jesus. This is my Son whom I loved. with him I am well pleased. See all three members of the Trinity, active in everything, is, are active in everything that God does. They never act independent or in contradiction to each other. So as Jesus is being glorified, so is the Father. As Jesus is being glorified, so is the Son. so is the Holy Spirit. And all three are glorified when we model our lives after Jesus. And so just as Jesus found his identity in the Father's approval and in the Father's blessing in relationship to him, so too must we find our identity in relationship to Jesus. Our identity needs to be grounded in Christ and what Scripture says to be true about him and about us. Our world today says that you can define yourself or, or we sometimes allow other people to define us. But I encourage you today, let your relationship with Jesus define you. Don't fall into the trap of, of defining your own identity or letting others do it for you. But, but find your identity in your relationship with Christ. As a born-again believer, you are in Christ, Scripture says. You are hidden in Him. And so what that means is that all the benefits of Christ's righteousness and obedience are now applied to you, not because you earned it, but because Christ earned it for you and the Holy Spirit applies them to your life. Hear these words from Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Again, that's Romans eight fourteen through 17. These words remind us that we are children of God and that we are a part of his family by faith. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. So don't forget, if you have put your faith in Christ, if you trust Him as your Savior and Lord, whether you're a confirmation student today or sitting in the pews and witnessing their faith, know that you are beloved. Know that you are a child of God, that you are saved, that you are redeemed, and that you are forgiven. Not because of something we've done to earn it, but because of God's grace poured out onto us through Christ and through the work of His Holy Spirit. So first, I encourage you to find, let Jesus define your identity. The second thing I encourage you to do is let Jesus give you a plan and purpose for your life. If, you, if you're following along in your Bibles, in Luke chapter 3, right after his baptism, we see this long genealogy. And I have to admit, at first I was going to have that read for us, but I didn't want to put the confirmations through even more than they had to go through today. If you read through that list of names, I didn't want to put that on them. But if you were to follow along and skim over that, you see that in Luke's gospel, Jesus' genealogy is traced all the way back to Adam in the Garden of Eden, right? That's Adam and Eve, Adam. What this tells us is that Jesus is not just a Jewish Messiah, but he is the Savior of the entire human race, of the entire world. Jesus is the Savior of all people. That was his goal. That was his purpose. That was his mission. And Jesus knew that himself. He says that he came to seek and save the lost. He says that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. And as his cousin John the Baptist noted, as Jesus first approached him for that baptism, he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus knew his plan and his purpose. It was the work that the father gave him to do to be the savior of of all people. And Jesus let nothing distract him or derail him from that purpose. And so, what is our plan? And what is the plan and purpose that God has given us? Well, it begins with trusting Him as Savior and Lord, and receiving His forgiveness. Right? Think of the confirmation students that you heard from today, and their faith in the Lord. It all begins by by saying, "Yes, I trust Jesus as my Savior," and "Yes, I trust that He." I, I put my faith in Him as Lord. It all starts with humbly confessing your sin and repenting. But it doesn't end there either. Right? We have all been given a plan and purpose for our lives. We just may not even realize it yet. And I can tell you with 100% confidence that Scripture tells each and every one of us what our plan and purpose is. It can be summed up like this in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Every single person, whether you're a young child singing My Jesus, whether you're a confirmation student proclaiming your faith in the Lord, or whether you're sitting in the pews today or listening on the radio, we all have the same plan and purpose for our lives, and that is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourself, and to go and make disciples of all nations. Right? That is true of every single person who puts their faith in Christ. It doesn't matter who you are, it's call on your life. The only difference then is how you live that out in the particular context or with the particular opportunities that God has given you. And so think about yourself, right? Whether you got, you know, decisions to make about your future still and, you know, what you may pursue after high school or whether you are in the middle of raising kids or whether your kids are all gone and you got grandkids you're looking down on, whatever your situation is, know that God has called you to love him, to love others and make disciples so whatever you do, do it for Him. We have been set free from sin, set free from the slavery of sin, in order to serve him. as Colossians 3:17 says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him." And the last thing that I want to encourage you with today after Jesus, allowing Jesus to define your identity and give you a plan and purpose for your life is to let Jesus redeem your suffering. Jesus knew his identity. Jesus knew his mission as the Messiah, but yet that did not prevent him from experiencing temptation and suffering in his own life. In fact, right after the genealogy, if you look at the first few verses of Luke chapter 4, we see that it's the Holy Spirit that led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted. By the enemy. The high of Jesus' baptism was immediately followed by the low of his temptation. Satan called Jesus' identity and mission and trust in God into question. And every time Jesus responded with confidence in the truth and reliability and authority of God's word, he relied fully on scripture to stand strong in temptation. You see, our trust in God's word is not just for information for information's sake. Satan himself quotes Scripture to try to tempt Jesus. So it's not just about retaining information, but it's allowing Scripture to transform us from the inside out, to fully rely on God's Word as authoritative truth. And just as Jesus' baptism was quickly followed up by his temptation, we see the same to be true about Palm Sunday. At the start of Holy Week, the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're accepting Jesus into Jerusalem as King. And within a few days, the crowds go from shouting Hosanna to eventually shouting crucify him. It did not take long for the the mountaintop experience of Palm Sunday to become a valley for Jesus and his disciples. There's an important lesson in this. Don't First of all, we've got to remember not to be swayed by the crowd. Don't let popular opinion change or influence your commitment to Christ. As Christ followers, we are called to go against the grain. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the book of Daniel, we refuse to bend the knee to the king and his golden idol, even if everyone else is doing it. And what Jesus experienced from the baptism to the wilderness, from Palm Sunday to Good Friday, is the same thing that we experience too. Our lives are filled with mountaintops and valleys, with highs and lows. Suffering is all but guaranteed in life. It's not a matter of if you will suffer, but when. Now, of course, everyone suffers, does not suffer in the same way or to the same degree, but it is an inescapable reality in a world that's marred by sin. And so to our confirmation students and to all of us here today, when you suffer, keep your eyes on Christ. You see, the greatest good of all time, which is our salvation and our reconciliation to God, came through the most unjust, most extreme suffering imaginable, the death of God's own Son. God can and will bring good out of the suffering that you experience. You may not see it right away, and you may not see it at all, but He can and He will bring good out of it. So when you suffer, let God use it for your good and for His glory. Rejoice that you are counted worthy to suffer for Christ. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells his disciples, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. It seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? Rejoice in our suffering, but that's what God calls us to do because we are suffering for him. And just as Jesus suffered, he calls us to suffer as well, not pointlessly, not needlessly, but to glorify him and ultimately for our good as well. James 1, 2-4 reminds us, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, the trials and hardships that we experience in life help shape us into the people that we are today. So don't waste your suffering, right? Don't let, excuse me, let God use it to shape you into the person he wants you to be. On Palm Sunday, we honor God the Son. We honor Jesus as the rightful king, right? And we do that by, we honor him best when we mold our lives and shape our lives. When we allow him to mold our lives and shape our our lives more and more into his image. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for your word. And I do pray that you, would, that, that you would help us to honor you through our lives by helping us find our identity in you, by allowing you to define the plan and purpose you have for our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would even redeem the suffering that we experience. May it all be for your glory and for our good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand and sing with us our last song. Uh, it's in your bulletin.
3: benediction
6: the benediction comes from Ephesians 3 17 17 through 21 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep, is the love of christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be be fulfilled to the measure of all the fullness of god now to him who is able to immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is all that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in the And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Thank you, Kyle. Amen. You may go in peace.